0: Good morning everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay and you are tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. So we're going to be talking about something difficult today. We're going to talk about being in a relationship with someone with a difficult personality. We're going to focus a lot on the personality difficulty called narcissism, but we're going to talk a little bit about some of the other difficult personalities as well. Over my 34 years in private practice, uh, I see couples all the time where one, sometimes both, but often one person in the couple has a very difficult personality. I also see a lot of people who come in because they're very, very unhappy living with somebody with an extremely difficult personality. The problem with people that are narcissistic or other type of personality disorders, they often are unwilling to get help and change how they function in the relationship. So when you live with someone with a difficult personality, one of the biggest problems is when they aren't aware that they're difficult. Like, for example, there are people that suffer with anxiety or depression or they have some obsessive-compulsive disorders. Uh, they often know that they're difficult to live with and will even say that out loud or even say, I'm sorry, I, I realize this is hard. When you see somebody who has borderline personality disorder, which is something we'll go into more more later in another show, but when people with borderline personality disorder are narcissistic, are sociopath, psychopaths, um, They often don't know that they are difficult. In fact, their inflated sense of self leads them to blame the rest of the world when things are wrong. So when you're in a relationship with someone who is very, very difficult, you struggle because you have to walk a fine line between standing up for yourself, calling the person out on their bad behavior, dealing with constant fights, and... You start to wonder, where is it worth it? Is it worth it to stay? Is it worth it to fight? And it becomes extremely difficult. So we're going to go over how this happens, how you get hooked up with somebody like that, what it does to you. And then I want to give you some techniques for dealing with it and also extracting yourself if that's what's important, if you need to do that. And that can be very difficult. When you're in a relationship, when you have children, um, when you're not financially able to leave you can feel extremely stuck, and that can lead to depression and anxiety of its own. So let's talk a little bit about narcissism and what that is, because in society today, we hear all the time people throw that around, oh, he's just a narcissist, or she's so narcissistic. And they often even don't know what they're talking about. They just know that the person is difficult. So when you are dealing with a narcissist, it's important to recognize that when you first meet someone, With narcissistic personality traits or full-on narcissistic personality disorder, it's often like that borderline personality I mentioned before. Those people can be extremely charismatic and personable in the beginning of a relationship. You may find yourself really attracted to them because they are initially very confident. um, They're very strong. They often are successful. And they can also be extremely able to draw you out. And that's one of the ploys of the narcissistic personality disorder or personality traits is the narcissist will make you feel extremely comfortable in the beginning of a relationship. They're very good at saying, tell me more about that. I want to know everything about you. Um They may even intentionally get you to talk about severe mistakes you've made in the past, ways that you've compromised yourself, or things you feel guilty or shameful about. And what you'll find out is that in the beginning, that will feel like they get you, they understand you, they want to know you, and you'll feel very important and loved, and like you've got someone who's finally really listening to you. Later, Narcissists tend to store that information away, and later it becomes the fuel for them to put you down, call you out, make you feel shame and guilt. So I can't tell you don't do that, because when you're in a new relationship and someone is really trying to get to know you, how do you know if it's out of whack, if it's too much, if it is unhealthy? One thing that you can look for is when you're in a new relationship and someone is drawing you out, you want to know if they're sharing equally about themselves. Narcissists will tend to not share a lot of personal information about themselves because they, on one hand, don't believe they have any faults, and on the other hand, they don't want to give anybody ammunition to put them down later. So they might tell a little story about how they thought they were wrong once, but they weren't. And that's their way of sharing without putting themselves in any kind of jeopardy of later having to answer for something they did wrong. So as you're getting to know somebody, you're looking for some equality in how you share and how open you are with each other. You're also looking for someone that doesn't do a lot of judgment or put downs on you. But the narcissist won't do that in the beginning. The narcissist will lure you in um, And whether we can say that's purposeful or not, it's hard to say because the narcissist will pull you in, get to know you, make you feel vulnerable. And that initial drawing you in is because they really want you to trust them. And the narcissist has an agenda that you trust only that person. So as you get to know the narcissist, this person will begin to put down your support system if you have other people you admire, whether it's, a, say, it's a political figure or say it's a teacher somewhere or say it's your mom or your sister or your brother and you like that person, the narcissist will start to find fault with that person and undermine your respect and your liking of that person because the narcissist has an agenda for you to really like and trust only him or her. So When the narcissist starts to really show their true colors, you'll begin to see that they are very dependent on feeling special. They want people to know that they're special and to trust them and to hold them in extremely high esteem. It's a feeling that they're really addicted to and they seek out all the time. Now, the interesting thing is we would like to assign purposefulness to the narcissist. They are purposely doing this to you. They purposely try to feel special. But many narcissists are extremely undeveloped and unaware of their own motivations and what they do and why they do it. So when a narcissist starts to really act in their full-blown colors, you'll find them to be very exploitive. They will manipulate. They want what they want when they want it. They kind of don't care how they get it. And they want everyone to hop to and jump to their wishes. So it's pretty manipulative. They also feel like they have an extreme sense of entitlement. They're entitled to be treated special. They're entitled to win. Um, They're entitled for things to be done their way. And they want everybody to see them as super intelligent and always right. Also, the narcissist tends to lack empathy. They think that, everybody should feel like they do or do feel like they do, they have a hard time understanding that anyone could feel differently because they feel so right. So them being manipulative and a sense of entitlement and lacking the ability to feel what others might feel are really important for you to recognize. We're going to take a break in a minute, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the mind games that are played by a narcissist in a relationship. This show is also being aired live, so if you have a comment or a question, uh, please feel free to call in at area code 530-605-4567, 605-4567. We're going to go to break, and we'll be back in a minute. what you were listening, oh, I think I wasn't on, there we go, welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell, this is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are listening to the track called Hope off of the CD, The Journey, by Native American flutist Randy McGinnis, in the beginning of that track you heard didgeridoo, which is a really cool Aboriginal instrument, and that was me playing the didge, I love didge, makes my heart sing. Okay, this is Dr. Patricia Bay, and we are live, so if you want to call in to talk about narcissism in your relationship, please feel free to call in. It's area code 530-605-4567. So we're talking about difficult personalities in relationship, and the one we're focusing on right now is the narcissist. And we're going to talk about some of the mind games that narcissists play with their I want to say victims, with their partners, which are really kind of like their victims. Have you ever seen a cat play with a mouse or a toy or something where the cat is kind of stalking it, pouncing on it, batting it around? And sometimes you can see the intent in the cat that it it's almost like a lion. You think, wow, if that cat weighed 100 pounds or 200 or 400 pounds, I'd be in huge trouble. That's kind of the feel that we get when a narcissist is playing with their partner, there's a sense of I'm going to lure you in and I'm going to bat you around a little bit and I'm going to make you feel frightened. So that's part of the, the, the effect of the mind game and also possibly the goal of the mind game. So the narcissist will draw you in first and say, trust me, and get you to spill your guts and say everything you've ever done that you regret and that you hate. And in the beginning, you'll feel very understood, supported, and loved. But after a while, when you find out that those things that you shared are now being used against you to make you feel guilty and shameful and less than, they begin to make you doubt yourself. So the narcissist begins to establish an upper hand of uh, The type of things that get said are, why did you do it that way, or that was stupid, or oh my God, and you think that you have an education, or you think that you're so smart, or you have a degree, or you run a whole company, yet you can't do that correctly. They start to undermine how you feel about yourself, get you to feel afraid and less than. And that's because the narcissist has a real inflated sense of themselves. I'm better and smarter than you. You should trust me. I know how to do it right. So when the narcissist gets you to doubt yourself, to feel shame and doubt, and to be afraid, then what you start to do is comply. You don't want to make waves. You don't want to argue. You feel that arguments are a big round robin that you lose anyway. So you start to shut up, pull away, just comply, And don't make waves. Then what happens is to gain another level of control, the narcissist will begin to sabotage you. This is done by isolating you. It's either putting down your support system or cutting you off from your support system, um, undermining how you feel about other people that you might admire, and then quietly and subtly talking badly about you. The idea that somebody might say, oh, this person is... uh, does such a great job running the company. And then the narcissist might say, oh, yeah, but you should see him at home or you should see her at home. She's nothing. She she really is not very confident. So talking badly about you subtly behind your back to undermine your status and your abilities. The narcissist will also find a lot of flaws in what you do and then use that against you to call you stupid and undermine your confidence. Um, it's interesting when you can talk to somebody who is so full of themselves that they'll turn any situation around to them being the victim. And that's because they have to blame everybody for what happens to them. It's never their fault. It can't be their fault because their ego is where it looks real inflated and like they're really full of themselves. They actually are extremely insecure and their ego is really fragile. And so they cannot say, I made a mistake, I did it wrong, I don't know how to do that, I have to ask for help. Um, If any of you are worrying that your narcissistic partner is listening to this podcast or this radio broadcast, the answer is probably no because they know everything and they're not reaching out to seek help. So life becomes what they want it to be. And they get to write all the rules. And they get to say when it's right or it's wrong. So they want you to doubt yourself. They want you to lose your self-esteem. They want you not to feel special or unique in any way. And that starts to undermine who you are. So if this is feeling familiar to you, then you're getting it that you've been disintegrating. You've been falling away. You're starting to say, who am I? What do I do? it's narcissists will tend to tell you that you don't earn enough money, you don't do well at your job you don't know what you're doing you're screwing it all up um, and they' and they start to control everything that's in the house uh, what you're going to eat what how much you weigh if um, if you need to lose weight or not uh, what you're going to watch on TV who the narcissist will always have the remote control in their hand um whether you get to go, what time you leave for something, how much time you get if you go to the grocery store, how much money you spent. Uh, you can count on a narcissist to be observing everything you say or do. They're most likely checking your phone, checking your email, um, watching what you do on Facebook, and trying to control you. And in subtle ways, they'll let you know, I see what you do. So, As you begin to realize the game playing that's going on and the manipulation that's happening, when you see this in your friends and family members in somebody who's being totally controlled by a narcissist, you start to wonder why do they stay? So if you've been hearing from friends and family, why do you stay? Why do you let him or her treat you like that? What's going on here? This is abusive. It feels like emotional abuse, and mental abuse. So what do you do? Do you argue with a narcissist? Do you uh, try to stand up strong for yourself? Do you constantly get in fights? Then you feel badly because you're modeling that for your kids. You're just feeling inept. And then you start to shut down. You don't tell your friends and family anymore about things that your partner's been saying because... You feel foolish when you don't leave, and you're telling the same things over and over again. So pretty soon, you begin to be beaten down a lot, and someone will say, well, how are you and your partner getting along now? And you'll say, oh, we're doing okay. We're fine. Um, It's all right. Uh, It's better because you don't like looking stupid. You don't look like, like looking foolish for not leaving you don't like constantly complaining and knowing that you're not doing anything to protect yourself or to get better. So how do you leave? How do you know when you should leave or not? How do you unhook from a narcissist? It's, it's very difficult because you have now given up a whole lot of control and a lot of your identity. You're feeling badly about yourself, and powerless, and those aren't the greatest feelings for you to rise up and say, I need to extract myself. Let's look at the idea, too, that when you have children and you want to extract yourself from a relationship, you constantly go around in your head, am I better off with this person or without this person? What's going to happen if we get divorced and I have to share the kids fifty percent of the time. I'm not gonna be there because this my partner talks to the kids the same way too. And that will happen. If your partner talks to you like you're stupid and nothing and shouldn't have any control over anything because you don't know what you're doing. How do you think your partner's gonna to talk to your children? When your kids succeed at school or they do really well in sports, or they seem really bright or intelligent the narcissists often will feel in competition with that. Now, sometimes they'll feel like their children are an extension of them, and they will want to be praised for what their kids do because they want it to be seen that they're the ones creating this wondrous child. But they often begin to feel in competition with the child and don't want the children to surpass them in specialness. So, when you think, I'm going to leave, and the kids are going to be with this person 50% of the time, that's a very scary and difficult thing to do. You don't want to do that. And then you wonder what kind of person the narcissist will hook up with next time, and what will that do to your kids? So it's a difficult situation, and it's, it's important sometimes that you get help, because you can't see the force for the trees when you've been in a narcissistic relationship long enough to have lost yourself so quietly going to therapy um seeking help doing a lot of reading is a way to begin to educate yourself now every client i've ever seen that comes in saying i'm in an emotionally abusive relationship is very afraid of being in therapy they they get controlled with money usually. So the spouse will say, I can't believe you're wasting this money on therapists. You can just ask me. Therapists don't know what they're talking about. They're really stupid. Um, They're just going to tell you what you want to hear. And the narcissist is actually extremely afraid. They don't want anyone else to have any influence on you because you might start to feel stronger and less afraid. And one of the ways they keep themselves from being abandoned is by keeping you so powerless that you don't want to leave. So how do you start to say, I can't do this anymore. This is killing me. It's hard. I don't know how to extract myself. We're going to, we're going to talk some more about how do you disengage? How do you unhook from a narcissist? And how do you begin to remember who you are? So we're going to go to break in a minute. And I want you to be thinking about how you feel emotionally abused, and the last time the person who you have a difficult relationship with, the last time they talked to you and put you down and told you you were stupid and you didn't make enough money and you were too fat and all of that stuff, how did you feel about yourself? So think about that over the break and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you are listening to Randy McGinnis, Native American flutist, and his CD, The Journey. Beautiful CD. Very peaceful. You can go to randymcginnis.com. So, all right, we're talking about difficult personalities and how it is when you live with somebody that has a very difficult personality. And we had a comment that came in over the break about how often narcissistic personality disordered people tend to justify what they do and say with religious dogma. And I do see that sometimes, and I have seen that in my office. Uh, And what happens is the narcissist will pull out anything that they can justify as a greater authority. And oftentimes that will only be religious statements or biblical phrases or something that the minister said. They they might allow a religious person to be their mentor. Uh, and often it isn't even the person. Sometimes it's only the Bible or only something like that. And they will use it as a club to justify what they say or do. And they'll even pull out other references too if they think somebody else is um, – someone they admire, like, say, Albert Einstein, they might take quotes from that sort of thing to use it as a club to show you why you're wrong. So I do agree with the person that's listening that sometimes uh, faith-based religious things will support that narcissistic personality, um, but it's how the narcissist manipulates it, too. Uh, And then I think what the other point the person was making is sometimes um, religions will be a very man-oriented or male-oriented um, as a person in the family to be revered and be head of the household and what they say goes. And that can be used as a club by the narcissist as well. So if that's happening with you and uh, religion is being used as a club for you, I suggest you go in and talk with your minister and see what you can do to get some help. So... Uh, All right, so let's go back to how do you extract yourself from a narcissist. And one of the the biggest ways is to remember who you are. And there's an exercise I like to give people in my office when they're trying to figure out who they are or remember who they are. I like you to draw a circle. So draw a big circle on your page that you've got in front of your paper. And around the inside of the circle, write These words so that they form almost like a wall on the inside of the circle. And the words are values, morals, experiences, expectations, strengths, weaknesses, and prejudices. I'm going to go over those with you so you don't, if you didn't get them all, we can write them down now. When you stop and say, what are my values? What do I value? Do I value my children? Do I value family? Do I value um, peace and quiet? Do I value time? What are my values? What are your morals? What do you believe is right or wrong? How do you behave in your marriage? How do you behave in society? How do you behave with your children? So when you know what your values and morals are, you know a significant piece of who you are. And my guess is even if you have lived with a very difficult personality, you have not forgotten what your values and morals are. What are your experiences? How have you felt stronger? How have you felt happy Um, when you were getting your education? Did you feel moments of clarity and understanding and excitement that you were learning things? What are your experiences with other people? How were you raised? What are your experiences with other friends and other relationships? What are your expectations? What do you expect out of this relationship? What do you expect from yourself? Do you expect yourself to know who you are? Look at your children. When the narcissist is putting down your children, are you hoping your children are going to remember that they're good enough, that they're smart, that they're capable? Well, they won't unless you model that for them. That will help. And sometimes you model that for them by leaving. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And what are the things you're prejudiced against? Sometimes I hear people say, I can't leave this relationship because no one in my family's ever gotten a divorce. Or here's the one I hear a lot. I don't want to be a two-time loser or a three-time loser. Or I don't want to have gone through another divorce. Why do I keep picking bad people? So those are prejudices. If you say, I can't leave this relationship because I'd be a two-time loser or it would be my third divorce, that's a prejudice that you feel that someone who's been through more than one divorce must be what? Stupid? Uh, bad? Has a bad picker? Can't pick people that are healthy? What is your prejudice? So this is how you remember who you are. And this is how you work on yourself to get stronger. Once you can try to remember who you are, and you can remember how to set boundaries and not engage with this difficult personality, then you can begin to plan your exit. If you were to leave, how do you want to leave? How do you want to behave? How are you going to interact with this difficult personality? There are people that would tell you you should never have interactions with a narcissist once you leave because they will continually try to win. So as much as you can set up having an intermediary or uh, doing kid exchanges at the school or I've even had couples that have to do kid exchanges in front of the police department because they know that there's cameras out there and he's not going to start being abusive, whether it's emotionally screaming or grabbing and pushing, whatever. So how do you want to behave? How, do, how are the boundaries going to be set up so that you're safe, your kids are safe? How are you going to work this financially? Now remember, too, that if you are in an extremely abusive relationship, emotionally abusive, extremely emotionally abusive, or emotionally and physically abusive, that there are programs like One Safe Place, uh, domestic violence programs. Uh, you can call a hotline and help get advice. And many times those places will help you extract yourself. They'll help you financially. They'll help get you set up. Um, they'll help get you counseling and see if you can get things changed so that you can be safe in your world. So you want to plan your exit. And you want to plan how you want to behave because you don't want to be pulled back in to the screaming and the yelling and the fighting because that just makes you feel more powerless. So if you've been getting isolated by this difficult personality you're in a relationship with, you want to make sure that you counteract that isolation. Show up at your family things, even if the guy acts like a horrible person. Um, Keep your friendships. Make sure that you're not out there alone and you have someone to talk to. Go to therapy. Um, refuse to not go to therapy. Uh, ask the narcissist to go with you to therapy, although that's, it's difficult to get a narcissist to go to therapy because they, they know everything, right? And they're better than anybody else, and they can fix you. You should just talk to them, and they'll tell you how to be. I'm being sarcastic. You catch that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, once you learn to extract yourself and you can actually let go, it's really important that you learn how to recognize narcissistic personalities. There is a podcast that I did called Trusting. It teaches you how to take someone through the trusting levels and learn to trust them and get to know them before you really connect in hard. So, that would be a really good lesson for you to learn, how to learn how to trust. So let's recap this a little bit. You're in a difficult relationship. You're starting to really not like yourself. You're tired of this person who's got such a huge sense of self. You're wondering if the person will ever grow up, will ever change, will ever get nicer. If that person went to therapy, could they get better? And the issue for narcissism is the extreme selfishness, the extreme inflated sense of self is something that people generally don't just get over. They would have to be willing to seek help and really dive into themselves. Now I have seen a few narcissists that once they're finally left and they show back up at my office and say what could I have done to keep her from leaving or to keep him from leaving and they're finally open minded enough to hear the truth, then they can start working. I did therapy with a couple that came in on and off for about 10 years. And on and off, she was constantly telling him, I can't stand it when you're this selfish. I can't stand everything being all about you. Um, You make me feel horrible. And they would kind of get back to being a little bit okay. And then they wouldn't come back again because he refused to come. Well, after about 10 years, She left him and about 10 years of coming in therapy. They'd been together about 20 years. And she left him. And he came into my office. And I remember him collapsing on the floor, sobbing, saying, I didn't see this coming. And I remember staring at him thinking, really? And I told him the truth. I said, she's been telling you this for 10 years on and off. And you have refused to change. You have been exactly the same every single time you came in. And he said, you're right, I have. And I said, you're just going to repeat it again if you're not going to take a good look at yourself. He actually entered into some really heavy-duty therapy and began to see that he was just like his dad. He had created, recreated his father and himself. So can a narcissist get help? Yeah, but it's really, really hard. And if you're thinking you're going to stay until they change, you're going to be in this abusive relationship forever. So think long and hard. Remember who you are. Plan your exit. Don't let the narcissist bait you and pull you down anymore. Walk away. Don't argue. Remember, don't wrestle with the pig because you're just going to get dirty and the pig likes it. So thank you for tuning in today. And remember, there's a lot of reading material out there that's going to help you Learn how to find your own strength. Don't hesitate to get into some therapy and remember who you are. Thank you for listening. This is Dr. Patricia Bay. You can go to my podcast on the Anchor app, which is anchor.fm. You can download the free app. You can go to kcnr1460.com and click on the archives and listen to this. And thanks so much. Remember that we're going to heal the world one hour at a time. from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Redding by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. You are listening to Rain, the first track from the journey. Randy McGinnis' CD. Randy McGinnis is a Native American Music Award winner, and his music is just beautiful. You can go to his website, randymcginnis.com, or you can listen to him on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube. So we are talking today about difficult personalities. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and you're listening to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR 96.5 FM, 1460 AM. So And we're also live, too, so if you want to call in at area code uh, 530-605-4567 and have a question or a comment you'd like to make about living with a narcissist or somebody with extremely difficult personality. I want to give you an example of something I heard in my office just recently, but I also have heard some version of this many, many times. I was seeing a woman in therapy who was married to a guy who definitely has narcissistic traits at the very least. Uh, He refused to go to therapy with her because he said it was all her problems. It wasn't his. He was fine. Uh, But he was extremely abusive, put her down a lot. Um, She'd been in the relationship 20-something years uh, and always wanted to extract herself. She, She hated him. And when she came into therapy, she could stand him, but she also felt like she couldn't leave him. She felt financially stuck, uh, and she felt pretty hesitant in who she was. But one of the things she told me about that really was important to her was that whenever she would go to any kind of family outing, a family get-together, whether it was with the kids and then later on the kids and their partners, or with her family of origin, she said he would act like, I probably can't say that word, he would act like a really bad person. <laughs> I can see my producer through the window smiling. Yeah, I can't say that word. He'd have to beat me, I think. So he acted like a horrible, horrible person and would ruin the outing for her. He would act like, um have really bad behavior. He'd be grumpy. Uh, do silent thing, kind of look at everybody in a disgusted sort of manner, and then later when they'd get home, he would be putting down her family members, uh, picking on everybody, saying that people didn't listen to him enough, didn't respect him enough. Um, and so she hated going to family things with him. But if it wasn't like he would say, I don't want to go, you go. He wanted to go with her and then undermine her support system. So she felt really isolated because she felt guilty when she'd go to these family outings and he'd act like a total blank and she just wanted him to leave. And so she stopped going to a lot of things because she felt guilty subjecting her family to his attitude. And then that served what he was trying to do with her. He was trying to isolate her and keep him to himself. So that's a real technique of a narcissist. Um, I don't want you to be around your family. I don't want you to be with your friends. Um, what do you mean you're going out for a glass of wine with your coworkers after work? Uh, make you feel guilty about the time, the money, the uh, neglecting the kids because you wanted to go do something with a coworker. So how do you extract yourself? How do you get out from under a narcissist? One of the first things you have to do is to say, how is this relationship destroying me? How is it putting me down? How am I having trouble holding my sense of self? When you play the game that the narcissist wants you to play, you are feeding into their addiction. They have an addiction to feel special. They have an addiction to feeling right. And they want to have the power The power in the world, the power in the relationship, and they want everybody to revere who they are. So the idea is don't play their game. You don't want to become like they are. You don't want to try and get bigger and nastier and say horrible things. You don't buy into it. And the way you do that is you hold your ground. You remember who you are, and you begin to set boundaries. Now, setting boundaries is not arguing. You never want to argue with a narcissist. They love that. Have you ever heard the joke, don't wrestle with a pig because the pig, you'll just get dirty and the pig likes it anyway? And so, you don't want to argue with a narcissist. It's what they live for because they're usually highly verbal, very intelligent, and they want to be right. So you don't argue. The way you set a boundary is you say, I'm not going to argue with you about this. I don't agree with you, and I'm not going to argue. I'm walking away now. So you say, I'm not doing this. I have nothing to say to you about this. And you set a boundary, and you walk away. Think about that. How hard is that to do with a narcissist? They are fantastic at keeping you engaged, keeping you hooked in. When you say, I'm not going to argue with you and I'm going to walk away, they'd probably follow you. And this is where they will pull out of their hat something that you have shared with them a long time ago that will make you feel shame or guilt. For example, let's say you walk away. Say, I'm not going to do that. And they go, oh, yeah, treat me just like you did your ex. You walked away without even talking to him or her. Leave me, you know, just treat me like that. Go ahead. You're just like your mother. And all of a sudden they've got you hooked. Picture a fish hook and it grabs you and you are on the line and you're reeled back in. So try not to be baited. Try to keep walking away. Know that the narcissist is going to throw insults and personal information and hurtful comments about people that you love. Keep walking away. You have nothing more to say about this. You're not going to engage, and you're definitely not going to argue. So if you do find yourself arguing with a narcissist, you will find yourself feeling shame and guilt and feeling foolish. But what you've got to remember is is that you are supplying the needs that the narcissist has to feel special, to feel powerful, to feel a sense of entitlement and to look at you like you are less than than he or she is. Here's the important thing to recognize. A narcissist is actually extremely afraid. The narcissist may act super self-confident, may feel superior and act superior and arrogant and full of self-regard, and constantly tooting their own horn and wanting everybody to see them as special. But the underlying issue is that the narcissist is extremely afraid of not being good enough. The narcissist is probably jealous of you, that you are more happy, uh, jealous of your education, jealous that people like you. um, And that jealousy and that fear that they're not good enough fuels them to put everyone around them down so that they can feel superior. So when you look at a narcissist and you see the game that they're playing, you see what they're trying to do to make you doubt yourself and to feel less than, and you begin to see this as fear. Go back to my podcast about love and fear and how you're not calm and you're not comfortable around a narcissist. You're constantly on edge and feeling mistrustful. You are made to feel afraid And that's because they are living in this state of fear as well. The only person they trust is themselves, no one else. And that is a a place of fear because they don't learn how to trust other people and they don't have a sense of feeling connected to a higher power or connected to something that they can feel humbled in front of. So recognize their fear and don't feed it. Remember, you don't want to feed the fear because all it does is make them bigger and bigger and bigger and try to make you more and more afraid. The best tactic when a narcissist is trying to get you to see yourself as horrible is to walk away. And you can look at them and say, I'm not doing this with you. I'm not not going down this path. This is unhealthy. It makes me feel terrible, and I don't like it, and I'm not doing it with you. And you turn around and walk away. That's setting a boundary, and that is extracting yourself. And it's not easy to do. I'm not just throwing it out there like, just do this. It's hard because the narcissist likes to be the one in charge of setting all the boundaries. So when you begin to see that difficult personality that you're in a relationship with as unhappy, insecure, and fearful, you begin to realize that they're not right, and what they say about you, that you aren't smart, or you aren't good with money, or you're not a good mom or a good dad, you are a bad person, you're not good at work, you're not very talented in what you do, that all of that is an attempt to put you down so that they feel better about themselves, and so that they can control you, because as long as they have control you're not going to leave. And the narcissist's biggest fear is about being abandoned. They don't want to be left. And they're actually usually very smart people. So they get it that they tend to repel people, push them away. Uh, They are initially liked because they're charismatic in the beginning. But as we go forward, they begin to feel disliked. People pull away from them because they make people around them feel badly. So they don't tend to keep friends or relationships, and they're difficult. So their biggest fear is being left or being abandoned, and they will make every effort to control every situation so that they feel like they're on top and that's not going to happen to them. So recognize that they are probably deep down far more afraid than you are. So the idea is that you have to remember who you are. We're going to go to break in a minute, and when we come back, I want to talk about how you can begin to remember who you are and find your internal strength again. We're going to go to break. We'll be back. Views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio.